The defendant will rise and face the jury and hearken to its verdicts. State of Wisconsin versus Kyle Rittenhouse. As to the first count of the information, Joseph Rosenbaum, we the jury find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the second count of the information, Richard McGinnis, we the jury find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the third count of the information, unknown male, we the jury find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the fourth count of the information, Anthony Huber, we the jury find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the fifth count of the information, Gage Grosskreutz, we the jury find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. All right, there you have it. Not guilty on all of the charges. We have been through this again and again and again in spite of the, you know, nobody wants to pay attention to what the actual law is. Some sad news that I see that all over Twitter, people are calling for unrest tonight, rioting tonight. I saw one one piece of information showing that there are planned prote- uh, protests I'm sure they'll be peaceful because that's the way the media mob and the Democrats described the summer of 2020 riots as peaceful, mostly peaceful. Meanwhile, the city's ablaze behind them. I mean, you can't even make this up. Dozens of Americans died. Thousands of cops injured. Rocks, bricks, you know, uh, Molotov cocktails. You name it, they threw it. Uh Lori Lightweight, the mayor of Chicago, is saying we must respect the verdict and then goes about trashing the verdict. Part of the irresponsible comments that I outlined in the last uh, half hour. We'll get to your calls this hour. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. We bring in our legal panel, Greg Jarrett, David Schoen, and Leo 2.0 Terrell. Leo, your reaction to the verdict today, it's everything that... All through all four of us said if we followed the law and the facts and the evidence, the video evidence, the eyewitness testimony, the prosecution's, you know, star uh, witness. Also, uh, we ex- we expected based on the law that it should be a not guilty verdict. Well, you're absolutely right. And I want to commend Fox because you got people like Greg, Jared, David, myself, Turley, uh, McCarthy. You got people giving you legal analysis where the facts fall. And I think we've done a great job. MSNBC and CNN should, should take a lesson. They should watch us because we did a very good job on this. We analyzed the facts. I think it was very telling when I heard the uh, uh, Rittenhouse attorney said that the prosecution forgot its obligation for justice, and all they were in for was winning. And that's not the job of a prosecutor. The legal system works. Notwithstanding the mob outside, notwithstanding Joy Reid and CNN and MSNBC. Now, we got a couple of idiots, Sean, and I'm sure you saw those tweets by de Blasio and Cuomo. They're idiots. They, they, they have this hidden agenda. We want to tear down our legal system, the best legal system on the planet. In some, I'm happy. I'm happy for our legal system as a lawyer for 30 years, and I want to give Cal Rittenhouse some good advice. You have a damn good lawsuit against Joe Biden for defamation. First thing I said, the first person I would sue would be Joe Biden, and I'd work my way down from there. Greg Jarrett, we predicted all of this. If the law was followed based on the evidence presented in the courtroom, this was not going to be a very difficult decision. It was no a no-brainer. And But once again, you have the usual suspects rushing to judgment, not allowing 
the evidence to be presented, due process, presumption of innocence, all gets thrown out the window for political convenience. If Americans actually watched the trial and did not listen to the biased hyperbolic coverage on MSNBC and CNN, then they understood completely the not guilty verdicts on all criminal charges. The witnesses, the videotape footage, all of it corroborated the account given by the accused when he took the stand and relived how he reasonably feared he was in imminent danger of death or grave bodily injury. That's self-defense. Jurors didn't believe the prosecution's anemic argument that the defendant provoked the encounters and forfeited his right to defend himself. That was a crock. What the jurors <laughs> saw and heard was a 17-year-old being targeted and hunted down by an angry crowd shouting, get him, kill him. He tries to escape. He's pelted with rocks, kicked in the head, assaulted, attacked. One rioter threatens to kill him and grab his gun. Another tries to bludgeon him with a heavy skateboard. Still another advances and takes aim at him with his loaded pistol. Only then did Rittenhouse exercise his right under the law to defend himself. That's exactly how the jurors saw it. Let's get your take, David Schoen. Let me give you a couple quick points. Case is a tragedy all around for many reasons, but it's an example of the system working, except for the prosecutorial misconduct, which should be subject to sanctions. Well, let, wait, wait, let's stop there for a second. Let's talk about that, because we had two motions for mistrial, one with prejudice, one without prejudice. Uh, now, briefs were are expected, I assume, at some point by the judge, and I would assume that the judge... Uh, may sanction the prosecution, or worse, perhaps, uh, what are the judge's options in this case? Well, he can file disciplinary charges. He can refer to the bar for disciplinary charges. I think he's probably going to let it go. But you know, the one thing I want to point out to you that I think really must be pointed out, you had courageous jurors who put up with the abuse outside the courtroom, the threats implied and expressed. They spent 27 hours over four days. They considered all of these counts. They were presented with lesser-included defense. Uh, uh, offenses. They rejected all of that. And people take a lead from their leadership. You mentioned the unrest. To have the president, the candidate for president of the United States, now president of the United States, refer to this as white supremacy was reckless, irresponsible. They asked him on Friday if he would uh, re, re, uh, uh, take that back. He refused to answer. That's why I say this case is a tragedy on so many levels. This is a quintessential self-defense case based on all of the factors that Leo and Greg mentioned. That's why the system worked. But the courageous jurors really deserve a great deal of credit here. Uh, I think, yeah, that's, uh, that's important. What do, you, what do you expect now as a result of all this Leo 2.0 Terrell? I mean, if you look on social media, the things that are posted uh, lends itself, let, let, makes me believe that there's probably going to be agitators in different locations tonight. Um, and, and honestly, the fact that we never followed through with the 534 riots in the summer of 2020, we had so much video evidence of people, uh, you know, the billions of dollars in, in damage from arson and looting, uh, people on video throwing bricks, rocks, bottles, uh, Molotov cocktails at police officers, dozens dead, uh, thousands of cops injured. The fact that we, we don't have a Liz Cheney committee for that, we don't have an investigation into that, and in most cities where these riots took place, very few, if any, people were charged even with videotaped evidence. 
Because, John, very, Sean, very easily, those are Democrats. Those are Democrats riding, and they're not going to convict their own. I mean, let's be clear. The Democratic Party basically approved of all of that. You know, you didn't mention Kamala Harris funding those, the Minneapolis Bell Fund. These were Antifa, Black Lives Matter. That made up the base of the Democratic Party, and they justified those riots and, and arsonists. And what has happened is, that they're right now allowed to still roam in these democratic cities. I think the next 24 hours, Sean, is going to be very, very telling because if there's any type of protest, it's being encouraged by members of the left. Like I said, again, if you saw Cuomo's tweet today, if you saw de Blasio's tweet, they don't accept the legal, they don't accept the verdict. Of all people, Cuomo, the disgraced governor, sending out a tweet questioning the verdict. I'm telling you, there are people who make a living a living off of racial division and dissension, and that's on the left. Let me ask all of you as attorneys what what possible legal action that Kyle Rittenhouse can take. Now, interestingly, I have Nicholas Sandman on Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern, and we know that he's already settled with a, a number of big news organizations, and i got to imagine the amount is, is probably very high, uh, of course, for the nondisclosures. Now, my question is, does Kyle Rittenhouse have a case against Joe Biden, Greg Jarrett? Does he have a case against these people in the media, those people that said he was guilty, those people that called him a white supremacist and worse? Yes, I wrote a column about an hour ago, and I make that very point. At the end of the column, it says that Rittenhouse will forever be tainted by the false accusations leveled against him. He should now sue all of those who slandered him, including a guy by the name of Joe Biden, who defamed him as a white supremacist. What about, the be, what about all these people on TV? Yeah, and I make that point as well. I mean, look, um, all you have to do is look at the coverage from MSNBC. Uh, they, they characterized him as a white supremacist. They outright called him a domestic terrorist who was acting as a mass murderer uh, with unmistakable racist overtones. Uh, Joy Reid mocked the defendant for his white tears. All of this is reprehensible. Um, at, at the very least, but, it but it's hard him in a false light, and that's actionable. But, but, but wait a minute, but it's hard to prove slander and libel. But he's not a public figure, is he? He's just not a because figure. he's a private citizen. He was a private citizen, and he he did not inject himself into the public arena by choice. He and was he was a private citizen, and these assertions are assertions of fact, not protected opinion under the First Amendment. So when Joe Biden calls him white supremacist, he's asserting a, a fact that can either be proved or disproved, and it can be easily disproved. Thus, it's slanderous. It's actionable. What's your take, David Schoen? Does he have a strong case for libel, slander against these news organizations and Joe Biden? Well, like you said, these cases are always difficult. But I think Greg and Leo are both right. Um, remember, Joe Biden, when he did it, he made it clear he used it for uh, commercial and political purposes. Remember, uh, he used it to advance himself. He used it to advance his candidacy. Um, and he made no mistake about it, there, knowing, by the way, that there was no evidence. I have to tell you, though, you know, many of the news services, NPR and others, are calling for civil suits by the families against Kyle Rittenhouse. 
Well, I mean, <laughs> uh, wait, say that again, David? Oh, yeah. The NPR and others are suggesting the families are very upset by what happened, and they should sue Kyle Rittenhouse civilly, and they'll face a lesser uh, burden of proof in those kinds of cases. Well, by the way, you do know that the that Jerry Nadler is now calling on the, the politicized Department of Justice to look in a civil rights violation, uh, Leo. <laughs> Oh, God, these guys, I'm, that's what I'm telling you, Sean. You know what? Jerry Nadler should be ashamed of himself, should not be in charge of the judiciary. Well, why is that not double jeopardy? To me, he oh. just got acquitted. Why is that not double jeopardy? Well, there's, there's, first of all, those are state charges. There's federal charges. The civil has a, a different track than the criminal system. So there's an argument that he could be brought up on federal charges. But come on, that's not going to happen. Well, you know what? In this, I, I think it could happen. Greg, go ahead. Well, I... You know, the alleged victims, who were no victims at all because they were the attackers, uh, yeah. are, are white, and the defendant is white. Uh, that's, that's an enormous stretch to say that he's violating their civil rights. But it's classic Nadler, who is as yeah. dumb as a bucket of hair. Last word, David Schoen. Go ahead. I don't know if you can top that, but go ahead. Yeah, No, I can't top that. Listen, I, I wish the whole thing would go away at this point. I think the country should have learned a great lesson from this. Um, Self-defense is a vital American principle within the criminal justice system. I, again, this case is a textbook case of the quintessential use of that defense and the system working. Um, it's a tragedy because lives were lost. It's a tragedy because of what happened to Kyle Rittenhouse. As you said, his life will never be the same again. And he's a 17-year-old kid. He's now 18, but right yes. Yeah, uh, trying right. to do the right thing. Thank you both. I thank all three of you for being with us. When we come back, we'll hit the phones. 800-941-SEAN is our number. All right, we're going to take calls for the rest of this hour. Uh, at the top of the hour, we'll have the coverage on the media, the mob, and how wrong they have been. Uh, we check in with uh, Cheryl. Well, hang on. Let's say hi to Chris in West Virginia. Hey, Chris, how are you? Glad you called. Hey, Sean, my brother from another mother, man. It's been about four years since I got to talk to you. How you oh, been? Oh, man, how are you, my friend? Welcome back. Glad you called. I tell you what, I'm, I was doing great there when... when uh, when Trump first got in, we were a little sketchy, but then he took over and everything was good and happy. Then Biden took over, and here I am back to square one, right where I was when I called you the first time. Listen, we're going to win again. The country, we see the disaster of socialism, but we have less than a minute. I want you to get your comments in. Uh, my point is, the whole reason I gave you a call was because I wanted to see if Kyle Rittenhouse actually had the ability to sue Biden himself, idiot. Uh, but since you just talked to Larry um, and all them guys, it just come to, to fruition that, you know, he does have that capability. But I just wanted to say, first off, if he does have that capability, I wanted to take Biden. I think he should take de Blasio and every single one of them guys and girls out there that put his name out there and just blast him, take him for every time they can get and show him that they just can't step up and not let us come out and say, no, you're pushing too much. Uh, listen, let me tell you something. I think this is very simple. All these people that are wrong all these times, it's time that they get held accountable. And, you know, we have Nicholas Sandman on TV tonight. I think you're going to like it. Listen, Chris, don't wait four years. Call me sooner. When we get back, we'll get right back to your phone calls. And then we'll, we'll, we'll render our verdict on the media mob's horrible coverage straight ahead.
continuing the mission of saving America as we return to the Sean Hannity Show. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour. Kyle Rittenhouse, not guilty. All charges. We'll get into the media irresponsibility at the top of the next hour. Joe Concha is going to be with us, as well as Carol Roth. Um, All right, Lucas in Florida apparently disagrees with me. Let's put Lucas on. What's up, Lucas? How are you? Thanks for taking my call. Um, yeah, so I actually, I, I do, I do agree. Politicians should kind of like, you know, wait a minute, see what happens, and then maybe make a comment that, that's a little bit educated. My hope is though that you would give the same treatment to Trump on his comments with the Central Park Five. I think that they're just as deplorable as what Joe Biden's were. I don't recall. So I, I don't recall what. He, I don't recall. Hang on a second. I don't recall what Trump said and when he said it. Uh, do you know the specific time frame? Ad. Yeah, he took out a full-page ad saying that uh, they should bring back the death penalty. Those guys ended up being acquitted of all charges, and the city had to pay $40 million plus in damages to the ones who were wrongfully accused. And he never apologized, never took it back. Well, so, what's, so what's I your take on Joe Biden fair. rushing to judgment on on the case of Kyle Rittenhouse and referring to him as a white supremacist? Uh, the same thing. I think that there, it's deplorable. But I'm telling you, like you have to give, you have to give equal treatment. And Trump is just as guilty and not apologizing. I just don't remember the case, so I can't comment intelligently on it. Look, I, I mean, was he? Did okay, this happen when he was president or before he was president? No. It, it, I'm asking it an important question. Did he was, say it, it, it was before, before, before he was president? president. He Listen, I don't like people. Gen- let me let me speak generally without knowing the what. So you're saying he wasn't president. There's a certain weight that you have as a president, and this is something that Barack Obama did over and over again, whether it be the Cambridge police acted stupidly or Trayvon could be my son um, or the rush to judgment and the media all the time. My general rule is, and I speak for myself here, Lucas, is this. You know, there's a reason we have been vindicated on the Trump-Russia collusion, Steele dossier, uh, FISA uh, application, not verified, unverifiable. There's a reason we've been right on on Trayvon and George Zimmerman, on Ferguson, on Baltimore, on UVA, on Duke Lacrosse, and all these other high-profile cases. And the reason, and starting with Richard Jewell in my life, is that I don't rush to judgment. I don't. And I wait for the facts to come in. And then I make a determination based on the evidence and the facts with the belief that people are innocent until proven guilty. I believe in the presumption of innocence. And I believe that 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 we don't do that anymore. And as a result of this, when people rush to judgment before any evidence is presented, we we see the consequences. Now, because I did my legwork, for example, I mentioned Ferguson, Missouri. I had multiple sources, many people that confirmed and corroborated for me that there were multiple eyewitnesses that just happened to be African-American that confirmed that uh, uh, confirmed Officer Darren Wilson's account about Michael Brown reaching into the car to try and get his gun and Michael Brown charging at Darren Wilson. Now, this whole hands up, don't shoot thing that was perpetuated by the media that didn't have facts. In the case of Duke Lacrosse, I actually went to the home of of some of the families, met some of the kids, met their parents, and I knew that they were building exculpatory evidence that would prove that they weren't anywhere near 
uh, the location at the time of the alleged incident. So, you know, what happens is, whether it be Baltimore or whether it be Ferguson, what happens is, is when people irresponsibly rush to judgment, or irresponsibly in this case, the president of the United States calling this kid a white supremacist, you know, especially in that position, it's irresponsible. And the media's coverage, equally irresponsible. But I think what's going to happen more and more is what happened with Nicholas Sandman. Richard Jewell got wealthy, but he lost his life. Lynn Wood claimed, and I don't doubt it, that the pressure of being accused of being a terrorist destroyed him. Um, Nicholas Sandman's going to be a very wealthy kid. He already has had settlements with major news organizations. And I think Kyle Rittenhouse has a very good case of slander and libel against Joe Biden and many other members of the media. Um, I can only speak for myself in as much as the lessons that I learned in the Richard Jewell case of not rushing to judgment have served me well in my career where I usually turn up being right when everyone else is wrong. I did make an exception, by the way, in the case of George Floyd. You got a guy handcuffed begging for his life. Please, sir, you know, et cetera. Anyway, I'll give you the last word. Yeah, my, my main point of calling, though, was I, forget the media for a second. Like, it's starting to get the it's becoming a very tired argument. But my point is, well, you know you what? No, 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 no. It's not it's not a, it's not a tired argument when there are consequences to the irresponsible comments. It's not. It's relevant. We, we, we talk about family values all the time, especially on this program. I'm a parent. You're a parent. What What is a 17-year-old doing with a with an AR-15 at a protest? Like, regardless of whether it's, it, it's self-defense or not, the point is, is I would never, ever let my child, and I would know where they are. She didn't even know where he was. Go to an event. Listen, I do, do I, would I, what, if, what well, hang on, I got your point. Uh, would I advise my my kids to be there in an environment where we know what's going on and what had happened at, at, prior to this? Now, for whatever reason, now we know he was he was involved in removing graffiti. We know that he went there uh, to help people that were injured. This all came out in testimony. We know that he was asked to help protect this 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 car dealership. Um, would I advise anybody when when crowds like that gather and many people were armed, if you remember, it wasn't just him. Remember, he had a gun pointed right at his head. Um, would I advise my children to be there? I would not. Um, on the other hand, it's that's not what, what you base this ruling on. The, ba the ruling is on uh, whether or not the law of Wisconsin was applicable in terms of self-defense. And it was clear. The evidence was overwhelming uh, in terms of video evidence, witness testimony, and and much more. Uh, even even the star witness of the prosecution. The issue of whether he's there, he had a legal weapon, whether you like the law or not. Um, like many other people were armed there. I I I personally would try to avoid an area like that at a moment like that. Um, that's my own personal view. But he acted within the law. And that's what was what was on trial here. And this is why the jury came to the right conclusion here. I'll give you the last word again. One more time. Yeah, it, it just the event should have never happened. Well, the rioting that took place, the 500 there. riots over the summer of 2020 shouldn't have happened. Yeah, I agree with that, too. I, I, I agree with that, too, Sean. But 
Well, what? All of that I agree with, but I'm telling you, a 17-year-old with an AR-15 should never have been in protests like this. It should have never happened. Okay, and and, and, and all the other, and all the other people that were there too shouldn't have been there as well, based on your definition. But you know what? We do live in a country where we allow freedom of speech, freedom of expression, and and it was a legal weapon based on the law, and this case was decided on the rule of law. And that's just a simple slam dunk. Uh, anyway, I do appreciate the call. Cheryl, Indiana. Oh, that's right. I forgot Sarah Carter's in Kenosha. I'm busy. I'm doing a show here. <laughs> I have no words. Sarah, thank you for being with us. How are you? Hey, thanks, Sean. Thank you for having me on. I was listening to your conversation. It's the same conversations, Sean, that are happening here in Kenosha, right here on the ground. I, I, you know, I was I was talking to some young folks, actually uh, citizens here in Kenosha, who are really concerned. You know, they say, "Look, we're on our social media. Our social media is blowing up right now. People are saying they're going to come to Kenosha and burn it down. That's what they're seeing on social media." And that's a real concern for people of this community who've already been torn apart, whose community has been ripped apart last year, uh, you know, during the riots. And you're right. People do have the right, you know, to come and to protest. We saw that in front of the courthouse. Uh, thankfully, it didn't uh, devolve into anything worse uh, than what we have already seen over the past week, which was pretty calm. Right now, there's not a lot of people in front of the courthouse, uh, uh, definitely more journalists, more press than there are people, but there are talks about protests uh, sparking in Chicago maybe tomorrow night or people coming from out of town. I think the important thing to understand here, it's like what happened with Kyle Rittenhouse. There's a lot of young people. There's a lot of, of people moving people in certain directions. We've seen that with the media. We've seen people, you know, basically charging Kyle Rittenhouse before he even had a trial, uh, presuming him guilty before he even had the trial. A lot of people here now are saying, look, we waited it out. We had a jury. We had a trial. Uh, this jury was very thorough. It's over now. Let's move on. Let's not make this any worse than it already has been. Uh, Sarah Carter will be with us tonight. Please be careful, Sarah. Uh, it's, you know, tensions are running very, very high. I've been reading the same. Sweet Baby James has been printing out. Uh, Uncle James has printed out a lot of the the very same things. We appreciate you being there. And the great coverage will go to you often throughout the night tonight as things are unfolding. I hope nothing unfolds. I hope the yeah, city's peaceful. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Carter reporting for us. Uh, Cheryl is in Indiana. Hey, Cheryl, glad you called. Hey, Sean. Uh, she told me that I didn't have much time. I had three points, but the main one was that a lot of this I put at the feet of the government. Had they started taking care of these riots back when the looting and the burning and the killing and all that was going on, um, when it was supposedly peaceful protest, perhaps it would not have gotten to this point. Listen, I, I missed the first part of your statement. What'd you say? I said I lay this a lot at the feet of the government because had they gotten involved back in 2020 when all these, quote, peaceful protests yeah. were going on and people were burning things and killing people, perhaps it wouldn't have gotten to this point. I think that's a great point. I mean, we watched uh, police departments stand down. We watched city blocks being taken over and called autonomous Chaz Chop, uh, Summer of Love, Spaghetti Potluck Dinner Zones. Uh, we watch precincts burn to the ground. We watch the media right. call rioting peaceful, mostly peaceful. 
We watched Democrats ignore it, most of it, because they didn't want to anger their base. That was probably mostly involved in those particular riots. They only care about the, the one where they can bludgeon Donald Trump. That's the only one that's getting an investigation. Uh, prosecutors no, have didn't. not followed through and charged people that we have video evidence of committing crimes. Uh, there's a lot of. Yeah. I was going to say, I do think I do think that Trump was a little bit there, too, but I don't think he could have either way he went. He was not going to be uh, happy. They're not going to be happy because if he had stepped in, they would have said it was overreach and he not stepped in. They would have said it was uh, cowardice or whatever. But I mean, somewhere along the line, there should have been a, a, a decision made that when weapons start coming out and people start looting and people start burning and assaulting people, that's not a peaceful protest. Not at all. And if you see on fake news, CNN or MSDNC, you can actually see, you know, cities burning behind the reporters. It's mostly peaceful, like the city's ablaze and dozens died. And no, com- where's Liz Cheney on the commission? Can we ask Liz Cheney's office where, whether she's going to have a commission on this? Anyway, thank you, Cheryl. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, let's say hi to Mike is in South Dakota. Hey, Mike, how are you? Hey, Sean. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, sir. I got a quick, a couple of quick questions for you here. You know, we've got the unknown male on video uh, kicking Kyle Rittenhouse in the head, and then there's the the guy that was shot in the bicep, the guy that that wasn't killed, um, admitting under oath on the stand that he pointed his loaded firearm at Kyle Rittenhouse. Are these two guys going to get charged? That's assault and aggravated assault in my mind. Uh Interestingly, it's gun safety 101. You never, ever, ever point a gun loaded, unloaded, think unloaded at anybody unless you plan on using it in self-defense. That's the rule. For the prosecutor to do it in the courtroom was mind-numbing to me. And you're right, the testimony of the star witness of the prosecution admitting that he pointed a loaded gun at the head of Kyle Rittenhouse um, was was I, I was blown away. Now, uh, should he be charged? Probably. You're not allowed to point a weapon at somebody like that. Uh, do I think that's going to happen? No. Uh, interestingly, if Kyle Rittenhouse was, as Joe Scarborough said, on a shooting rampage, firing 60 bullets, um, then he would have been killed. But he only fired one shot. And that one shot, I think, I believe, hit him in the bicep and which stopped the threat. And he didn't fire again, which tells me he wasn't out to kill anybody, but just defend himself. I think it ended up helping him, not hurting him. Um, looks and if if. If people were held accountable by the law, there'd be a long laundry list of people. First of all, just starting with libel and slander against Kyle Rittenhouse. Everybody that called him a white supremacist, everybody that lied about what he actually did, I think could be subject to a lawsuit. Uh, The three attorneys we had on, David Schoen and Greg Jarrett and Leo 2.0 Terrell, they all agree with me, too. Anyway, we're going to look at the media's reckless coverage when we get back. And more of your calls coming up, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program? Brian Kilmeade will also say uh, we'll get his take on it coming up later. All right, when we come back, the media, the mob, 
their culpability and can they be sued for the reckless statements they made about Kyle Rittenhouse? If you're just joining us, not guilty on all charges. Full coverage tonight on Hannity as well. Our final hour straight ahead. Your call is also coming up.